Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. Now, I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this time with me. Where today we're going to talk Trump care and a lot more. What do we do to actually solve this problem? How do we do to make sure that these guys don't get away with what they are doing? It is going to happen. Remember, I told you several times, several times ago, we've been hearing and hearing that somehow this would never occur. Republicans were not crazy enough to do this. No way is this going to happen. Remember when it passed the House, uh, or rather, when it first, hello, uh, Liz McConnell, how are you doing today? Remember when it passed the House, or rather, before it passed the House, Indivisible and all these other organizations went, and they made sure it didn't happen. How did they do that? They fought like hell. They fought like hell, and they scared the congressmen in, or Congress people into not passing this health care uh, bill. Well, of course, Trump twisted a few hands, and because, you know, Trump doesn't want a loss, he went ahead and he convinced his folks to throw themselves on the knives, go ahead and do it anyway. So what did the Congress do? They went ahead and passed a draconian bill. Yes, a draconian bill like no other. It actually, it, it actually made, I mean, these are the people that talk about family values. These are the people that talk about caring about people. Hi, Dolores Burst, Macklin, welcome aboard. These are the people that talk all this stuff about caring about people, about caring what people want, about caring about life. And yet they, intend, they, they are attempting to pass a bill that's gonna hurt a whole lot of people. This is your government, folks. These are the people you elected. These are the people that we have to find a way around. Um, you know, several several weeks ago, I also write for the Daily Coast. I'm, I, I do a, a front page article every Sunday. And throughout the week, I also write some other stuff there. there after the bill failed, and our, we continue to, with our concentration on Russia, 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 one of the things that I was begging the people at Daily Coast and other progressive magazines, other progressive online sites, is that let's not keep our eye or take our eyes off of the ball. And why do I say that? Because I always view Russia as a distraction. Look, Russia influenced our election. There's no doubt about that. Likewise, Russia wanted Donald Trump to win. There's no doubt about that. Likely, Donald Trump has all kinds of business with oligarchs in Russia that are, that are quite illegal. Remember, Donald Trump is a deadbeat in the United States. No bank in their right mind would lend Donald Trump money, but he still maintained his, 
uh, his uh, empire on his real estate empire somehow, well, it was funded by people who wanted to clean Russian money. That is a thought, at least, that most of his money came from Russian banks and foreign banks who needed some way to clean money. And since a, a reputable business person is not going to deal with these guys, what best way to do that than to find a corrupt real estate person to do that? So look, I am not arguing the fact that I, I'm definitely not going to argue the fact that this Russia thing is real. I'm not going to argue or, that this Russia thing is corrupt, that this Russia thing should really cause for this person's impeachment. Not that I want Donald Trump impeached, because I don't want Donald Trump impeached for one specific reason. The person that comes behind Donald Trump is Mike Pence. And Mike Pence has a brain. Mike Pence is a true, a true evil type I mean, conservatives are my friends. I have a whole ton of friends that are conservative, et cetera. But there's a degree of evil that comes with the, the type of conservatives that we're having right now. A real evil that cares nothing about people. They're what we call the Randian type of folk where every objectivism, where everything is, is a material base, everything is supposedly we, we raise ourselves up on our own. Americans, nobody ever has raised themselves up on their own. Nobody. Everybody, everybody's life is built upon the successes of their predecessors, whomever those may be. Don't fool yourself. But they have this thought that they want to put out. But we're talking about Trump here. But I, I needed to get out of the, the Russia story first by letting folks know when I, when I posted all these particular articles saying, forget about Russia. Russia will take care of itself. Let's concentrate on things that materially affect everyday American, working class American, people that go to work every day. They're not thinking about, they're not thinking about Russia. They're not thinking about what Trump has done with Russia or what Russia did with a machine or all these sort of things. It is important, but they're not, it's not their basic premise right now. Their basic premise is to survive. Because many Americans right now are having it so hard to survive. Many of us live in fairly good luxury. We, we live good lives. But those of us who care about our fellow person, we understand that as they go, so do we in the long run. And it is it's essential that we care about our fellow being, period, whomever that is. Now, I wrote all these articles stating we need to drop it off. Let me tell you, the liberal base on, on Daily Coast, the liberal base on Op-Ed and all these other places were, they thought that I was naive and that concentrating on Russia is something that would somehow bring us success. My God, it was so successful in getting Asaf elected, wasn't it? It was so successful in getting that cancer seat. It was so successful in getting that South Carolina seat. It was so successful in getting that Nebraska seat. No. We have to start thinking about people. We have to start thinking about those folk actually going to feel the pain of Trump here and find a way to talk to them. And we need to talk to them, not now. We need to have spoken to them previous to the election, which we did a poor job in doing. I mean, uh, for my Hillary Clinton listeners, and, and by the way, I voted for Hillary Clinton. I was a Bernie Sanders delegate. But one of the things that we lacked in doing, and I think Bernie was good at, is putting in detail 
what working America needed to hear to let them know that, yes, those in the Democratic Party, those people that are progressives, really are not some sort of elitists that don't care about flyover America, that don't care about uh, the ghetto, Apalecha, Los Barrios. We are folks who care about everybody. And the reality is most Americans are in the same boat. You drop off from the 20% folks, you get a drop off from the 20% in this country. And you know what you have? You have a lot of people one paycheck away from poverty. I live in a fairly upper middle class area. And you know how many, how many homes I've seen sold? You, many, you know how many homes were sold after these well-paid oil executives, oil engineers, and oil businessmen got laid off and realized, my God, the life that I thought I had was a figment of my imagination? Do you know how many of that is occurring across all class lines? Not just the poor that many have a tendency to look down at, but the wealthy as well. Well, those that think they're wealthy. You see, we, 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 we have a, a semblance of unreality in this country right now. A, a semblance of unreality in thinking we are who we are not. Not realizing that that top 1%. And this is not... I wrote a book called as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. This book was written in 2010, and nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing has changed. We got a stopgap measure with Obamacare. But if you look at the trend lines, you look at the trend lines for income inequality, it keeps growing. And the only way this can keep growing is if it eats those below. And if the top 1% is growing at 20% a year, or I think actually it's more like 8%, 9% a year, and the next, the, next per, the next 10% is growing at 3 or 4%, that means we're sucking the middle class. It means we're sucking the poor dry. It's a, mathematically, a mathematical reality. And anything Republicans talk about, we're giving tax cuts because we're going to create more a bigger circulation in the economy, and then everybody does well, it's a fallacy. It's a mathematical fallacy. And we have to start preaching that to our folk in a manner that they can understand. And Trump care is now at the heart of that mathematical fallacy because Trump care, you hear everybody say, Trump care is not a health care bill. It's a tax bill. It's the truth. It is a tax bill. It's a manner of taking away the taxes that Obama put on to many folks to pay for the wealth, I mean, to pay for the health care of the poor, to pay for the health care of the middle class. And let me tell you, he's not only paying for the health care of the middle class and the health care of the poor. If you have a job in, in good old America, he's also paying for your health care with those taxes. And what do I mean? The fact that millions of Americans got insurance meant that the rise in your insurance costs with your job was not as high because ultimately corporations are in this same big pool. And if, you, if more people are in the market, they can actually reduce the, the, these prices that you would have otherwise paid. Nobody wants to link all these issues together. 
They don't want to do it because they, what they realize is, oh, my God, what happens if all Americans realize we're in one big boat? We can't pick, pick one group against another without hurting them both, which is what we're doing. You know, we have the middle class crying that, oh, my God, there are all these people that are getting services that they're not paying for, and somehow we are paying for it. It's not true. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Most people want to work. I know, I know you watch Fox News or you watch certain news channels, and they show you all those people that are somehow, somehow they're trying to rig the system. The system is not being rigged by the poor and the dispossessed. The system is not being rigged by those who don't have it. Yeah, you have a little petty theft here and a petty theft here by the little man. But if you really want to know where the money is and where, where the rigged system is, you go, to the, you go to the actual wealthy. You go to not the doctor who wants to help people, but the doctor who wants to rip people off. You don't go to the hospital who wants to help people, but the hospital who rip people off. Look how many times you found that these people are, are, are ripping the system off. You go in there and you become, you become a commodity. Whether you're on Medicaid, Medicare, or your own private insurance, you're going to see, you're going to the emergency room. My wife just had a bout with, with, uh, with uh, pneumonia. She goes into the hospital. And what happens? Oh, my God. They, they did another x-ray, and the x-ray showed that she had a tad of pneumonia in one of her lungs, and they gave her some antibiotics, and they checked her blood pressure, and they checked her oxygen level, and everything checked out. And then we received the bill, and the bill was $7,000. Come on, folks, $7,000. Of course, we're not going to pay that because of their insurance and all that good stuff, but that $7,000 that that guy has, that hospital has on their books. $7,000 they have on their books, right? That is, a, that is a receivable on their books, something that they really didn't earn, something that they took away People say, oh, well, insurance is going to pay that. But who pays insurance? We all do. So it's a manner of taking our wealth away in a discreet manner. Now, when we pay taxes, if we had a single-payer system and we pay taxes, what would have happened is all these costs would be lower because we don't have the incentive for profit and for people to rip off and for the shareholders, all that good stuff that I've spoken about many times before. Trump care is nothing more than all of that on steroids. Because what it's attempting to do now is several things. Trump care is saying all those taxes that we had on capital gains through Obamacare, gone. All those taxes that we had, these little taxes here on equipment, medical equipment that are overpriced, et cetera, gone. All these, these things that, uh, that make, make health care somewhat affordable, gone. That is the humane thing. That is what those who call themselves Christian, that are, that's those who call themselves pro-lifers. That is what they are doing to you. And you are letting them do it to you. Because you know why? When we go out there on the streets, when we go out there to see the congresspersons, when we go out there to see the senators, when we go out to do all of that, those who, many of those who are able simply feel like they don't make a difference and they don't show up. Others believe 
what they're watching on Fox News. Others believe what they're listening to on right-wing radio. Others believe things that they shouldn't believe. So, folks, we're gonna, the version of Trump Care Forum, the Senate is worse than you thought, much worse than you thought, and we must fight it at all costs. So let's talk about it, and I want to read some of your comments. My thing here is not working very well on, on this, this part here, but what I want to do is I have a little blog of the week that I did from this morning's Joanne Reach show. I had something else that I wanted to do, but I decided to go with uh, what Joanne Reed, what Joanne Reed put out because I thought it was a lot better. Oh my God, I am sorry for that. I have a little echo problem here that I need to get rid of. That was Facebook Live echoing. Anyhow. What I want to do is work on, um, I, w- I want to read this, it's a sort of a blog of the week, but, but not, it's just what Joanne Reed had Congressman Reed. It's time for the weekly blog post. And this morning, Joanne Reed had Tom Reed, he's a congressman from, uh, from New York. And, you know, I, I guess Republicans are great. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Many of them are running away from talking about the bill. But they realize they can't do what a lot of Democrats did back in 2010. They can't do that. Why can't they do that? Because it didn't serve the Democrats well by running away from Trump here. I mean, it, it stopped. Democrats ran away from Obamacare like no other. They made believe that it was that thing. As opposed to going out there and preaching that for the first time in American history, we were on the path where most Americans could get health insurance and and also be taken care of at an affordable price to running away from it because they allowed somebody else to define it as opposed to defining it themselves. Well, Republicans started running away from this thing, and then some of them started to wake up. I'm going to vote for this stuff, so I better find a way to talk about it and, and keep saying how good it is. Because what Republicans have proven, if you lie enough, your lie starts to become a reality and a truth in the, in the, in the psyche of many. May, yesterday, I posted an article from the New York Times with all the lies that, that Trump talks about. Any other person that, had, that was a pathological liar like Trump is would not have survived a campaign and would not be taken seriously and likely... Uh, would have been just an ineffective president. And I don't think Trump is yet an ineffective president. In fact, I, I think, unlike what many believe, Trump is being a very, very effective president. Just the president doing what he said he was not going to do, but he's a very effective president because likely he will get Trump here through. I think there's a distinct possibility he may get it through unless Americans wake up and unless we're out there on the street, and we have to put the fear of these guys, that we have to put a fear in these guys. And I'm not talking about the powerful ones, because the powerful guys, whether they win their seats again or not, they're going to be okay. And what do I mean by they're going to be okay? Their lobbying job is waiting for them. There's a whole lot that's waiting for these guys after they pass this bill. The insurance company have a select few congresspersons and senators that will be well taken care of for their vote, even if it costs them the election. 
but there are others. There are others that know nothing about the insurance companies, and while they're passing money along and checks on the house floors, uh, they will be disregarded and they will be just told what to do because that's just how life is. We take some people for granted and others don't. But anyhow, as it turns out, Joanne Reed did not hold back as she, in a very deliberate manner, grilled the New York congressman for the draconian Trumpian health care bill. Once again, she made sure to check a Republican guest for, from pulling the wool over the heads of her viewers as she challenged him. Joanne used the first part of her segment with Congressman Tom Reed, Republican New York, to educate her viewers about exactly what Trump care does. Reed then introduced the New York congressman. She asked him to justify why Trump care is given substantial tax credit to very wealthy and at the expense of low-income people losing health care altogether. The congressman rejected Reed's premise. He claimed Republicans are reforming Medicaid. He said spending, he said spending more money is not the answer. It was apparent. Joy did not believe Reed knew exactly how Medicaid works. She asked him to define it. After giving a basic definition, Joy pointed out the simplicity that eluded the congressman. Medicaid reimburses the states to pay hospitals and doctors for caring for those who cannot afford care. As such, money removed from Medicaid means much more people without care. She then pointed out how silly it is to call their tax cut bill some sort of reform. The congressman then slipped and told the truth. His ideology emanated like a song he had remembered a long time ago. You know how it is when you're singing this song over and over again and you have a blank spot, that song comes to breathe. That song comes out and you are ready to, you're ready now for that song. And, and it was right at the tip of, the, of his tongue, you know? And this was his answer. Because that money, the congressman said, is hard-working American taxpayer dollars. My God, most Americans are hard-working taxpayers. The only reason they don't pay as much taxes as the millionaire or the billionaire or, those, or a high-wage person is because we finally have a society that have allowed people to, to be able to work a long time and not get a living wage. When are we going to start telling the truth about that? A lot of people are not paying a lot of taxes because they can't afford to, because we have allowed, we have, we have allowed corporations to pay next to nothing. And in paying next to nothing, it means they pay next, next to nothing in taxes. The reason there are people that are paying a whole lot of taxes is because they make a whole lot of money. They make a whole lot of money because our system does not fairly compensate those who work. A person who is flipping burgers for $7 an hour or $7.25 or $8 today, they made the same amount 10 years ago. Folks, folks, the rich, <clears throat> the rich person, every year, their income has gone up 2 to 3 to 4 to 5 to 6%. But somehow, the average American worker, their income has stagnated. Of course, their tax relative to the rich is going to stagnate as well. So therefore, they're not paying taxes, not of any fault of their own. They're not paying any taxes because our system has screwed them. And by the way, yes, they're paying taxes with their labor. They're paying sales taxes and they're paying these all these other what I call draconian taxes. Because remember, if a tax is not progressive, it is regressive, right? 
sales taxes are regressive because no matter how much money you make, you pay the same amount, whether you're rich or you're poor. But we as Americans sometimes don't see it that way. We allow the right to distort reality. We allow them to, to make us feel like many of our fellow Americans who are working hard. A teacher works very hard. A teacher works harder than most, and they get $36,000 or $40,000 or $50,000 for being with our kids. Our kids. They're spending a lot of time with our kids. And we complain about paying a tad more taxes to ensure that these could be well-paid people, the most important people in our society, teachers. Teachers are, in fact, some of the most important parts of our society, and we refuse to pay them what they're worth. And then we complain about folks not paying enough taxes. I am kind of like very sorry. Anyhow, Joanne Reed then broke it down. You are saying that taxpayers can't afford to pay for health care for the poor, Reed said. So the poor should receive less health care. Joanne Reed then educated the congressman about the results that would occur if they passed the draconian Trump care bill. She said, thousands would die and millions would be without health care. It did not seem to phase, and I spelled phase wrong, should be F-A-Z-E, phase the congressman at all. In the end, Joy asked the congressman, what should people who cannot afford health care and who cannot or who would be denied Medicaid to do? He had no real answer other than talking about providing tax credit and efficiencies. At the end of the segment, <laughs> Reed encapsulated it all. She encapsulated it all. And she said as follows, just so that we understand what you guys want to do. Joy said, you essentially want to give a very substantial tax cut. In your case, you don't want taxpayer in your district to fund Medicaid at all. You are essentially rolling back, rolling back and making it unlawful for, unlawful for your district to fund Medicaid at all. Cut overall the cost of Medicaid, meaning Medicaid just gets less money, and then just give individual people tax credit. That's the plan. You know, the congressman, I would think, would sort of sugarcoat what she said, even though it is a plan, make it sound a little bit better. But here was his response. That is the fundamental essence of what we are trying to do, confirmed the congressman. Confession obtained. Confession obtained. It's not a health care bill. It's a tax bill. It's a tax bill that is fooling folks. It's a tax bill that is saying, hey, we don't care about you. These guys are already paying too much in taxes. So folks, let's be real. Let's be very real and understand what's going on here. And let's start the fight. Folks, this is a call-in show. I would love to hear from you. There are a lot of you online and a lot of you on on the network here. So give me a call. The telephone number, 71, or rather, I was about to give you my, my cell phone number. Oops. The, the number is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. Give me a call and tell me your piece. 
Anyhow, let me go to the first caller. John, 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 come on in, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm good, uh, despite the health care bill. I mean, it was it's just incredibly awful, you know, and it's, oh, yes, it it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, because in domestic politics, this really is probably the worst bill to ever come out in my lifetime, you know. Yeah. I, I can't really think of anything that, that has been worse. So, uh, you know, the Kaiser Family Health Foundation said that 30 38% were uh were weren't aware that there would be sufficient oh no, only 38% were aware that only there were sufficient cuts to Medicare. I mean to Medicaid, rather. I'm sorry. Uh, so, I mean, that's a yeah, so that's a pretty low number, you know. I I would I thought that that would be higher. And and seventy four percent of the people, you know, said that they have a favorable opinion of Medicaid. So I mean, most people know that Medicaid is the uh, the program that helps out, you know, the the poor people across the country. And Medicaid expansion, which was part of the ACA, uh, expanded this program uh, to to many millions of people, and that's why. You know, there's yeah. right now we have the lowest. I want to correct you on something beforehand. And and eight three two, I'm coming to you next. I want to correct something that is very important. Medicaid used to be for poor people, right? Medicaid is now not only for poor people, but for working people who do not make enough for the ridiculous insurance prices that we have right now. I mean, it's sad that it's called Medicaid, but that's what it is right now. And there are a whole, there are millions of Americans that are dependent on that who live everyday lives but can't afford the type of health, the prices we charge for health care, which is ridiculous. I just wanted to put that in, my friend. Please continue. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have a slight disagreement with that because, I mean, I remember when we were speaking, you know, two or three years ago, basically, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had a caller from uh, North Dakota, and she was talking yeah. about her son with autism. And, you I know, she said, that, yeah, she said that, you know, he made over the amount to afford it, you know, which was about $16,000. I mean, so, I mean, you know, I guess it's the, the, the degree of, you know, poverty that you're talking about. But, I mean, I, I you know, I would I would still state my case. I mean, uh, that, that uh, you know, it does favor people who, who don't make you know, a lot of money because you can't qualify for it otherwise. I mean, obviously, if you have the more children you have, you know, the the easier it is going to be for you to qualify for it. But, I mean, this has been a great program that has saved, you know, thousands of lives and has helped, you know, people get this program. And it, it's been tremendous. And if anything, we should be expanding it to have Medicaid for all. Like Nevada passed the bill through their state legislature that Governor Sandoval – uh, vetoed, so you know. I mean, so this is uh, this is really you know awful. And I, I you know, I would just want to second what you're saying. You know, call your call your senators, and uh, you know, I don't I don't know what you think what you think if, if the bill's actually going to pass. If you think that the it, it is obviously good that you have two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you have two different wings. You know, you have the the four conservatives, uh, Cruz, Johnson, Paul, and Lee, who who say that uh, you know they're not voting for it now. You only have so one so-called moderate Heller who says they're not going to vote for it now. Collins, Murkowski, Flake, Garner, uh, Caputo, Cotton, and Cassidy 
haven't said that they weren't going to vote for it, but they've been, you know, talking about this, you know, for the past uh, six months, and they, you know, been, you know, pretty concerned about it. And so, you listen to even Hiller last night. What I did last night is I went ahead and downloaded the uh, speech that he gave with Governor um, Sandoval in uh, in in Nevada, uh, and uh, and I'll tell you something. He was very he opened the door for voting for it as well. I mean, to, to supporting it as well. If you listen to what he's saying, he said, I am not voting for this bill as it is right now. And he said, the leadership knows what I need. He said that. So my thoughts are that they made the bill this manner and they're giving these guys, they're going to give these guys widgets. And at the end, what, what uh, Obama in his release said were little piecemeal deals to try to, have a, a, a visual to seem as if you're getting something. And since most of these things don't take effect till after the next six years, meaning a, a senatorial uh, interval, it wouldn't make a difference. But, John, let me ask you to hold a second. I'm keeping your mic hot. Let, uh, let me, folks, for those who called in, 832 and 302, I just want to be sure. I'm going to come to 832 now, but generally speaking, whenever you want to speak, please hit the number one. 832, do you want to add to the discussion? Eight three two. That's you. Hello. Eight three two. Okay, I'll put you back on uh, on hold and let's go to they voted 61 times to repeal Obamacare. They've had eight years to build a program, a health care program, which they did not do. They were wanted to repeal and not replace. So what you see them doing is for the past two weeks trying to pull together something to satisfy some of the people. Their goal is not to offer you anything because their whole opinion is this, Government is not responsible for health care. And if you really sit back and think for the past eight years how long they've been trying to repeal Obamacare, it was never replaced. It was repealed, but not replaced. If they were planning to replace Obamacare, they would have had a program in place, a bill in place to put in once they repealed Obamacare. They don't have that. They have no intentions of offering health care to the citizens of America because they feel that is socialism. That is a, I, I agree with that statement 100%. What's your name, ma'am? My name is Dolores McLean. Hey, Dolores, how are you doing? I am fine, thank you. Great, great. I agree with you 100%. Uh, the, the thing, though, is that what's interesting as well and I don't know how many, I, I, try, I try to tell people this every single time, sometimes I'm repetitious about it, is Obamacare is, in fact, a Republican bill. Obamacare is a bill that came about through the Heritage Foundation, which, which oh, I'm going to put you on, on hold a bit because of the noise in the background and then put you back in. Obamacare was designed as, uh, as, a, as a Heritage Foundation, well, rather, it was based on a Heritage Foundation bill, same thing, Trump here in Massachusetts was based on, and one of the pieces that they're railing against called 
the, the, uh, the, the mandate, which forces people to either buy insurance and pay a penalty, also came about from, from the Heritage Foundation. And the purpose of that mandate was, in, first of all, we all know that Republicans are generally punitive in thinking that people are not, that somehow people are sponging on the system. They had that mandate there because they said it was a personal responsibility clause. It said that it, it said that everybody has to have a piece of the, had to have a piece of the action. They have to be a, a part of it. Now that said, now they use that same mandate which many of their people don't like to be against it and removed it in the bill as well, which will cause many people who won't get insurance, whether they can afford it or not, to just forget about it, and then further drain the, 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 the coffers, if you will. So, I mean, altogether, what the Republicans are doing is completely irresponsible. It's completely unconservative. And, you know, and yes, true, it's a transfer of wealth from the poor to the rich. Go ahead, Dolores. Well, the whole thing is this. They call themselves the religious right. If they're religious, the Bible states that help the least of these. What are they doing? They're taken from the least and given to those who have the most. And that is not, I mean, it's not fair, and it's not the American way. Absolutely not. And, in fact, I, I, I don't know how soon, you, if you listen to uh, some of what I said in, before I read the blog of the week and some of the things that are stated, um, a lot, it, it's, a, it's a circular argument that these guys make, right? They complain that a lot of people are not paying income taxes, okay? Right. Understood. They complain that 47%, or I don't remember exactly what the number is, aren't paying income taxes. They complain about having a living wage. They complain about not forcing companies to pay more. Well, if you don't have a living wage, if companies are not paying more, that actually means that these people won't be making the type of salaries from which they can pay income taxes. And it also means that the wealth of the country, the income of the country, will be biased towards those in the upper classes, which means those in the upper classes would be paying a larger percentage of taxes. It's not the fault of working people. These people are not working any less. They're not working any less than the wealthy person. They are just getting less of the spoils. In, in socialist terms, it, it is actually called the excess labor of the masses going to the few. The excess labor. In other words, those people who are really doing the work are not benefiting from the work that they do. It is actually stolen by the type of economic system that we have, Dolores. Yes, I know. But if we listen to the Republicans and what they want to do to America – then we're all going to be paying a lot more. People who can afford to pay, they're going to be paying, even those who can't afford. What the health care plan does is this. It disenfranchises the elderly people, people that are 55 to 64. They will pay much, mm-hmm. much more. Their premiums go up like 500%. And for the poor people, even people like myself, which I don't consider myself as being poor, my mm-hmm. um, rate will go up also. My deductibles will go up. 
the Obamacare, what it did, it made preventive care free. You go to the doctor, you didn't pay no copay, none of that stuff. It's preventive maintenance. It's, but that you will have to pay for it in the future. So what the uh, Republican Party is trying to do is take away all the benefits that Obama put there. Are the benefits wrong? Like you said, the Heritage Foundation or whatever. It was their plan. But the plan right. is that the lazy, they feel that people are lazy. They're saying right. Medicare. But most of the people who are on Medicaid, they are the elderly and the children. So those people are going to be hurt dearly. The disabled people, they're going to struggle. They're going to die. People you're, will die if this bill passes. You're absolutely right. And, you know, there, there are actions that are taking place throughout the country and that Liz McConnell reminded me that I needed to mention about a health care action here in Houston being put on as well by, uh, by Indivisible. And uh, I wish she would call in and be the person to say it because I love to have all my people involved. So before I say it, I'm going to encourage her to call if she calls in and, and, and I'll let her say it on air. But otherwise, I'll, I'll let me go to John and see if John has some more to add. Go ahead, John. By the way, folks, the telephone number is to call into the show, telephone number 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. John, do you want to add to what Dolores had to say? Yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, just about everything she said. A, a couple of things that I slightly disagree with is just, just on a technical sense is that, you know, this it's, it's not just a repeal plan. Uh, I mean, this is to some degree a replacement plan and the the bill that is the house bill and the senate bill there are differences like she was talking about how the, the the house bill was based on age well the senate bill is based on is actually going back to the ACA which is based on uh okay. how much money you make and so right. uh so i mean i'm i'm definitely not in any kind of disagreement with with the, what she's saying as far as the awfulness and all the the immorality of the bill and everything but i mean they are putting you know uh it is a replacement as as far as you know they're they're setting up uh different uh, structures like you know and there's there's a lot of differences in the two bills if the senate bill actually passes and if if they're going to modify it because you know this this morning i was seeing that they're going to modify uh some of the some of the things one of the things that i was seeing is that you have to constantly reapply for medicaid this is in this is in the bill uh and so you know it they're they're actually going to you know keep making it worse and so you know it's it, it is really really sad that that uh, you know it's gotten to this point but I mean we just we just need to fight back against it you know as much as we can because this is a really unpopular bill I disagree a little bit what you with what you said about Heller you know because. Uh, uh, I thought it was actually. Uh, I mean, I I saw most of it, and I thought it was. He really he didn't live, leave himself much wiggle room. I mean, in fact, John Ralston uh, from Nevada said said the same thing. Uh, I heard. I heard what John said. Now let let me tell you the thing about it is, um, what I think that we a lot of a lot of times I don't think we have learned from Republicans is the two faced side of the way they say things. If you take a look at how what occurred in the House, we had people that were just as firm against the bill 
uh, when during the house, you know, during the house bill, the second time that it got passed, I no longer take what these guys say at face value because what I've noticed is that Republicans always come home. They always come home. I mean, they came home with Donald Trump. They came home with the health care bill in the House. It seems like I, I, I do believe they will come home with the health care bill in the Senate. There is one thing that could stop them, in my humble opinion, from coming home to the health care bill, and that is if we put the fear in. And let me go to 541, and then I'll make an announcement on, on an activity here. 541, come on into the discussion. Who, who am I have speaking with? Um, hey, it's Janine. Did I raise my hand? <laughs> oh, I am sorry. It's you okay. <laughs> Would you like to actually know you haven't raised your hand? But I, I will, I'll chime in on this just a little bit. My show this week was about um, the millions marching for Medicare for All. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of great information came up in that two-hour show uh, about this very subject. But the thing... I am personally hot about is I, you know, I'm a middle-class American taxpayer Mm -hmm. and I know that I pay more and more and more for, you know, services that either stay the same or get less effective. Yeah, I know this, but the difference between me and some of my friends is that I know why. And the why is GE doesn't pay taxes. Exxon right. doesn't pay taxes. There were years during the Bush administration where capital gains was zero. You know, and so there's all this. It's almost like if you can make it legal, then you can, like, there's somehow some form of legal inequity, right? And these guys right. use lobbyists. They use lobbyists to opt out. And they opt out of, quote, unquote, the village. If you believe it takes a village, right, they opt Mm -hmm. out of the village. They totally benefit from everything the village does. They totally get government contracts paid for by you and me, right? They totally capitalize. There's a business strategy, and they don't care who dies. You know, if they want another tax cut, I promise you, I have adult children. All my children are adults now. And I know their friends who have died because they right. couldn't get health care. And this is something that's hard, I think, for boomers like me to wrap our head around. We had a better education. We, uh, you know what I mean? The, the companies right. are still paying, you know, in the 90% uh, uh, terminal rate of 90% back then. But mm-hmm. I watch his friends fall. If they get cancer, they're dead. Right. If they get, you know, if they get anything other than a cold, they're dead. And mm-hmm. it, I'm tired of going to funerals for 30-year-olds who couldn't, you know, who were not a place in their career where they had a, a, a job that paid insurance and could not afford insurance. So, you know, why, Rika, I was so happy when even though the bill that was proposed um, during the Affordable Care Act debate was a much better bill than the one we ended up with, right? I and mean, we mm-hmm. all know that. There was compromise, 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 compromise. And still in the end, not one person that demanded and received compromise voted for it. So this right. is just a, a racket. You know, 
we can, and what all it'll end up is, is, you know, the whole formula for privatization is take something that works, starve it, you know, take away its money, demonstrate its failures, and then say private industry could do so much better. And then you, you, it's like putting a taproot into the public, you know, femoral artery. And, and we can't let go of them once we've got them. And I'm so against, I'm now to the point where I'm radically about there shouldn't be a private anything in healthcare. This should be a utility. It should be like building a road. It should be like, um, it, it's just crazy that I can tell you, you know, 10% of my children's friends are going to die because they can't get jobs that give insurance. Hey, so, you know, end of rant. Let me tell you, it's not, it's a necessary rant. That is, uh, the reason I've dedicated myself to activism is exactly that. My daughter right now is in medical school, and we see a whole lot of what's happening right now and what it's going to cost, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I tell you what, your last statement there is important. The, uh, and Ali Belshi, who is a Canadian, uh, who is a true capitalist as well, I am not, but he is, he said the well, same I thing. Am. Good, I, you are a capitalist, and that's fine. I am not. Yeah. I believe I, I am a, I'm a free enterprise person. I think my personal view is that capitalism destroys innovation, but that's another thing. Uh, that's another long story that doesn't well, belong in this discussion. Un- unregulated capitalism. Unregulated capitalism. I was an entrepreneur as well. You know, I, had, I, I owned a business. I, I have a software 40 company. 40 employees I, in three states, right? I know. <laughs> Oh, Janine, and I am an, I'm, a, I'm a software developer. I own my own company for 30 years. The thing about it is I understand what, you know, what I did to not be the type of people the GEs and the Exxons and all those kinds of folks are. And the reason mm-hmm. and, and their brand of capitalism is disastrous for the average American citizen, and we're living through it. That's all. But I don't want to get, I don't want to change the subject. We're on Trump care. And the reality is, what you said is the most important part. And Ali Bell, she said it as well. We do not, the, the, we do not private, private practice or private care is not something that is conducive to health care. And the reason why is in a free market, you have the choice of taking something or not. You have the choice of shopping around. When it, when it comes to health care, you don't have the, when, when something is wrong with you, you do not have the option to shop around. You do not have the option to say yes or no. You do not have the option to be selective. If you want private health care, you can say private health care for cosmetic stuff. But the things that they do not exist, private care is, I mean, uh, health care in a private market doesn't work. It's a mathematical anachronism. But anyhow, we're coming close to the end of the show, so let me go ahead and bring in um, – Dolores, one more time, and then I'm going to bring in um, uh, John. Come on in, Dolores. Do you, you want to add to the discussion some more? Uh, yes. I agree with uh, what um, the lady before me said. Yes. John did not pay taxes. GE did not pay taxes. But that is all by design. They have right. so many uh, ways that they can exempt themselves from paying taxes. They have loopholes. If they mm-hmm. close loopholes for corporations and put that money in the health program, everybody could have health uh, care. We need a okay. single payer system just like Medicare. 
Yes. That's what we need, and that's what we need to fight for. If people would get out in the streets and march and voice their opinion, I think we could get what we wanted. We could get a single pair. But the people who need it the most are the people who don't vote and who are not activists. Let me tell so you, that- I want to interrupt you there for one thing, because um, what you said is a true statement. But whenever I hear those statements, the other thing I like to go for is why. Why is it that the people that are in most needs are not out in the street? Why is it that the people who are in most need are not voting? Why it is that the people that are in the most need are not activists? And there are several reasons for that. One, they are working themselves to death that they don't have the free time to do so. When I'm doing my activism in, in the middle of the mornings at 10 or 11 or 12 or noon or whatever, these guys can't afford to be out there with us. We have to have allies. Our allies have to be the ones that are financially secure. Secondly, why do they not vote, which a lot of times they could vote and just don't vote? Uh, it's that thing about the other thing that I preach about within a lot of the blogs that I speak up called worth. And what do I mean by worth? Uh, a lot of folks do not feel worthy. They feel uh, a lot of Americans feel like they just don't make a difference. They're not important. This goes from Appalachia to the ghettos to the barrios. One of the things that I said as an activist and with my radio shows and all these other things that I do is someday to be able to unite those three. It's a stereotypical unification, but the idea is what we have done in this country is pit the barrios against the ghettos, against the, against the, 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 the Appalachia and so forth, not realizing that all three of these dimensions have something in common and once working together, can actually affect change, but we first have to make these people feel worthy that they, in fact, are Americans that count. I'm sorry to have interrupted you, Dolores, but please continue. Oh, that's okay. That's, that's fine. But what happens is this. Okay, health care benefit people who work for Walmart, the Kmart, we're paying for those people. We're subsidizing yes. the Walmarts of the world. Yes. Walmart paid their fair share or paid their employees the right amount of money or the money that they can live on, a livable wage, then we wouldn't have all the problems that we have. Absolutely so. Absolutely so, my dear. Absolutely so. You're absolutely right. And that is, those are the things that we have to put out there. And the pro, one of the problems uh, is that we, a lot of people, you know that. You're, you're an educated activist and educated American citizen. Believe it or not, very few Americans can relate to the fact that Walmart paying cheap prices and uh, for giving us a, a, an, an extra ten cents off of a product, right? We pay more in taxes because we then have to subsidize those people so that Walmart can have and provide a larger uh, a larger share value to their shareholders. And that is yet another form of wealth transfer. There are so many little devices that are used to ensure that middle-class America can never make that transition to wealth creation because all our wealth is being sucked out. There's this thing known as a reverse mortgage. There are a whole lot of different instruments in our society today that was simply designed for a few to take away whatever wealth you were able to accumulate over time. Dolores, I, I need to run to John, and then I'll, I'll come back for a quick closer. John, any quick closer that you want to add to the, to the subject? 
Yeah, another one of the things that's in the bill that was just reported this morning, it says Senate Republicans are expected to revise their health care bill next week, adding in a provision that could lock Americans out of their individual market for six months if they fail to maintain continuous uh, insurance coverage. Yes. So, you know, if you run run down on your luck and you all of it you can't afford your your payment, you're out of coverage for 6 months if this bill passes, you know, this bill passes the Senate and that's what passes in the conference bill. Right. So, I mean, they're just making John, John, they're just making you. it worse for everybody. John, it's interesting that you brought that up that change up because what happened is that the house had a similar provision, but their provision is that if you stayed 60 consecutive days without coverage, then uh, when you do get new coverage, it would be you would get a premium of 30% attached to the bill. So therefore, you'd have a 30% surcharge on whatever insurance payment you made for being out for 60 days. All these things are punitive, and, and it, it works under the tenet that Republicans believe in. It's an Anrandian tenet that continues. Finish up your closer, my friend. Okay. Uh, well, I just I, – you know, Janine made a lot of good points about corporate uh, – you know, uh, not paying their corporate corporations not paying their fair share. But I mean, we also need to have revisions to the individual tax code. I mean, you know, when yeah. Ronald Reagan came into office, the top tax rate was right at around seventy yeah. percent, and you know that's why our income inequality wasn't as high. This has been, you know, the the, the fall of unions and the lack of of rich rich people not paying their fair share like they did. From the 30s to the 80s, that's mm -hmm. driven income inequality, and we need to change that, and we need to talk about that more often. Thank you very much for that, uh, John. Uh, Dolores, give me a quick 15-second closer. Uh, yes. In order for health care to work for everybody, everybody's got to be invested into the program. The health care bill that the Republicans are putting forth, the young people, there is no penalty if you don't have insurance. You can buy insurance when you get sick, and that's ridiculous. So everybody uh, needs to be in the game in order for it to work. Absolutely. Absolutely, so there is. Thank you so kindly for calling in. Do you want to give a quick closer, 10 seconds, uh, Janine? Yeah, so folks who are into being in the streets about health care, on July 24th, uh, there's a rally, uh, Millions Marching for Medicare for All. And so you can go to their Facebook event, Millions Marching for Medicare for All. Uh, you can check out this organization they're striving for 50 state satellite marches and they'll be in dc on july 24th so give them a check thanks okay thank you very much uh, and here in houston we are having what what we're uh calling uh the protest and death train ride to stop trump here but it's, it's more than that first of all we're going to start at ted cruz's office at 11 a.m Second, we're going to have be at the city council at 2 p.m., and there's going to be the death train starting at the University of Houston downtown metro station at 6 p.m. Let's go and be a part. Let's be a part of all these adventures throughout the country to defeat Trump Care completely. That's what we need to do. So for those here in Houston, please go to the Indivisible Houston page and find that event. It's on June 27th. Again, it starts at 11 a.m. at Ted Cruz's office, and you can find the address of Ted Cruz's office at the uh, event as well. 
We are, we are busy. We are ready to take care of business. Folks, thank you so kindly for spending this time with me. We have a lot of work to do. Please remember to continue to um, go first and foremost to our coffee party uh, page. That's at, uh, that is at facebook.com slash coffee party. Visit the Politics Done Right page. That is at facebook.com slash politics done right. And of course, check out my blogs at egbertowillies.com. We're covering these issues, income inequality, and much more. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the Politics Done Right family. I'm Egberto Willis, and we will see you on Wednesday at KPFT FM 90.1 in Houston and back here on Facebook Live. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Okay, folks, thank you very much for being a part of the show. Let me close out blog.